You're listening to 106.9 here on Tune FM. We've got some very exciting UNE news as UNE is assisting in a terrific project. New South Wales will see a fantastic and timely trial looking to boost health support available for women, especially across rural and regional areas. Approximately 1,300 pharmacies have signed on to the trial and it is expected that more will come. Initially, 100 pharmacies across New South Wales will be able to prescribe treatments for to women aged 18 to 65 for uncomplicated urinary tract infections, reducing costs and increasing conveniences for women who will not need to consult a GP first. In addition, continuing prescriptions for oral contraceptives for women aged 18 to 35 will also be offered by certain pharmacies from July. This trial will see a very busy but promising 18 months ahead for a trio of UNE researchers, including pharmacist and senior lecturer within the School of Rural Medicine, Anna Barwick, who is one of the chief investigators of the trial that is being coordinated by the University of Newcastle in partnership with with UNE, Macquarie University, the University of Technology Sydney, and Charles Stoke University. I am very excited to welcome Anna Barwick to Tune FM's Airwaves. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So can you talk a little bit about how beneficial this will be to women across New South Wales? Yeah, so this is the first time that women can go directly into a health professional, uh, get advice and get treatment that they need at a time that suits them. So it's helping to really utilise the skills of pharmacists as medication and health experts and it means that women can have a private consultation in a pharmacy without an appointment and if they meet the requirements can get antibiotic treatment so that they can have their UTI being dealt with quickly and efficiently so that it doesn't become something more severe. Terrific. Do you think that women living in regional and rural New South Wales uh, in areas such as Armadale uh, face additional barriers to healthcare that women living in metropolitan areas don't? Without a doubt. As we've seen, particularly in Armadale, we've seen uh, a loss of GPs who are often that kind of first line um, option when it comes to getting antibiotics. So this just allows uh, pharmacists to provide almost like a stopgap to um, ensure that women are getting treatment when they need it without being delayed because they can't get an appointment to see their usual GP. It does also mean that pharmacists can conduct a consultation and refer patients back through to their GP if it's needed. So they'll also be triaging as well, which is fantastic. And what pharmacists, in all honesty, have always done. So it's just really helping to utilise that skill that is already there and making it formal. Definitely. I know that my the pharmacist that I see is uh, one of, he's got a good reputation among Armadale for being a very caring individual and a very, very patient-focused uh, pharmacist, and I'm glad that he'll be able to uh, give people a little bit more help in healthcare without being faced with bureaucratic red tape. Yes. Um, so 1,300 pharmacies will be involved in the trial, like I mentioned, uh, but only 100 of them will be prescribing the treatments for UTIs. Uh, mm -hmm. What are the other... 1200 what will the involvement of the other 1200 pharmacies look like yeah so they'll come on board from july Perfect. so this first 100 um, pharmacies across new south wales are our feasibility study gotcha. so we're doing that just to see what's happening what are the kind of the the barriers and the enablers to encourage um, the uptake and implementation of this new service so that we can iron out any issues before it goes live and, and more broadly across new south wales so from july all of those 1200 pharmacies will come on board and they'll have to do the 
pharmacists will do additional training. We'll make sure that their pharmacy is the correct setting for these um, consultations to happen, but they will come on board and actually offer the service then as well. Perfect. Uh, one question that I will ask that I think a lot of people will have uh, immediately thought of, especially mm-hmm. UNE students when they read this particular uh, story. Yes. Are any of the 1300 pharmacies located in Armadale? Yes, they Wonderful. will be. That's yes. terrific. So unfortunately in that first 100, we didn't get an Armadale site. Um, there are a couple down in Tamworth. Uh, there's one in Gunnedah. Uh, and yeah, we'll see that expansion. We've definitely seen some uh, interest from Armadale Pharmacy. So it'll mean that yeah, local students and, and local staff here at the UNE will be able to get that help when they need it. Are you allowed to say which pharmacy is coming on board in, uh, oh, in July? I probably don't know specifically, yeah, but no, to be okay. honest, it'll be, I'd say the vast majority. I th- I'm finding that most pharmacies and pharmacists are really interested in, in offering it Terrific. because they're already seeing these patients anyway. They're getting women coming in asking for, you know, what can I do until I can get in to see my GP? So it just means that they can now offer, uh, you know, an appropriate treatment really quickly um, rather than having to send patients away, which is never a good thing. No. No, definitely not, especially given that, uh, you know, the lack of a lot of resources and uh, treatment of options available, especially here in Armadale. You know, if you get the old saying goes, if you get anything more than a bump knee, you're going to be sent to John Hunter. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> exactly. And we don't want people going to EDs and hospitals unnecessarily. It costs so much more money and it's really, it impacts you, right? You've got to take say. a lot of time out of your day to go and do that. So we're, we're getting rid of that too. If you can spend 15 minutes at the pharmacy as opposed to spending eight hours in a waiting room, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer, absolutely. And I understand that the Australian Medical Association was initially a little bit opposed to the the trial. Do you know exactly what their opposition was or what it was based in? Yeah, I think they, they're concerned that they talk about fragmentation of care. So they want, um, they basically want that GPs to be the the centre of, of care when it comes to, you know, coordinating care, which which I can understand. But I think it's really important that everything we do as health professionals should be patient centred. So we need to be able to get people the treatment they need where they need it and when they need it so we see this as not being not fragmenting in any way it's actually um, helping our colleagues our GP colleagues to deal with more um more complex issues rather than having to deal with simple, uncomplicated UTIs that pharmacists can can actually deal with. And then that referral can occur afterwards if necessary. That actually leads well into the next question I was going to ask, because as you mentioned, we have, you know, a lot of GPs, we have a GP shortage across mm. New South Wales. That's yes. been apparent for quite some time now. Yes. And I believe Armadale's lost something like eight or nine GPs in the last few months. I know I'm currently looking for a new one, which is always, which is always, you know, which is never, which is never convenient for anyone. And to have um, a GP's time focused on more, I don't want to say more important things because every yeah. aspect of healthcare Absolutely. is very much important, but yes. uh, let's say higher priority things or higher Correct. triaged issues. Yes. Do you think then that more pharmacies should be able to prescribe more medication to patients just in order to, uh, I guess, resolve some of the backlog? For example, a uh, you know, rather than having to book an appointment just to go and get a routine prescription filled that would mm. take 30 seconds, yes. you can just go straight to a pharmacist and have it filled there. Absolutely. And and that's, that's already in place. There are certain medications that we can already provide extensions on, which is fantastic. And that's what we'll also see with the contraceptive trial um, as well. So for women that have been stabilised on an oral contraceptive pill for over two years, they can get an extension um, of that. And it makes total sense, right? Completely. Um, yeah. And, and I think there'll be further expansions um, of this trial as we go along. So I think new conditions, new options, new medications will come on 
and become part of the pharmacist's scope of practice, which I think is really exciting for the public. Obviously, this is all going to be managed really well. It's all going to be monitored well. So all of this will be reported. Any issues will be identified and rectified. Um, but I think it does really take a lot of pressure off the, the existing health system that is not coping as well as it could. And, and I think pharmacists are really accessible, highly skilled, highly knowledgeable health professionals that we probably don't utilise often enough. So this is just a way of, of trialling that and seeing how that process goes and what pharmacists can actually do um, on the ground, which is really exciting. And I know that when uh, when the initial idea was spruiked um, by the government to allow pharmacists to prescribe certain medications, a lot of people had of justified concerns, but I think it's it, like you said, it's going to be monitored, and it's not going to be, um, you know, there's a, just because this is being launched doesn't mean that in the next few months pharmacists are going to be able to prescribe, I don't know, S eight drugs, for instance. No, though. exactly, and and I mean to be frank, pharmacists are the medication experts. Yeah, we know it completely. the best. Um, we we know how to prescribe really well, and Australia is certainly not the first in doing this. This you know prescribing by pharmacists been happening overseas for many years, really safely, and in fact, a lot of the data shows that what we call non-medical prescribing, so where pharmacists or other allied health professionals have been prescribing, uh, demonstrates an equivalent level of safety and efficacy. So that's really exciting. I think we're just helping to formalise that. And so we know a similar trial occurred up in Queensland in the past um, few years. And again, the, the final reports just come out on that and it's demonstrated to be really highly successful for women that have accessed it. And for those where it, you know, the UTI, their UTI didn't resolve, they were referred on and and got additional treatment that they needed when they needed it. So that's spectacular. Great. Yeah. And just to uh, just for any of our listeners that may not be entirely aware, uh, S8 drugs are the uh, the prescriptions that are very 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 high level in terms yeah. of managing conditions. I know that's that right. when I used to work at a pharmacy, we kept them locked in a big old safe. Which that's is right. Pretty much, and that's a legal that's requirement. The, that's yep, the, so. and that's the standard. That's the standard. Exactly. So it's, yes. That's not um, things that are you know more more seriousness or conditions that require stronger or more. Uh, restricted uh, medicines, shall we say? That's mm. obviously going to be something that you're still going to have to speak, go through the right process of. It's not absolutely. Um, it's not something that you're just going to be able to get willy nilly. Correct, and exactly. We call those we call those controlled drugs or dangerous drugs because we know that if they're misused, then they're, they're not great. Mm. So um, yeah, they're often kind of things like our really strong pain relievers um, and some other medications in that class that just need a little bit more oversight. And for, again, pharmacists have been supplying that forever. We know the level of risk. Um, so again, I think pharmacists are, are really aware of their limitations and when they do need to refer on to other health professionals. So I think we'll see almost, you know, uh, going on as normal. It just means, again, it's just putting another bow uh, in the uh, treatment options that pharmacists can provide patients um, immediately, which is great. Definitely. I know you mentioned before that you think the trial could and potentially should be expanded. Mm. Do you have any idea what you think that an expanded version could look like? It would just be prescribing more, uh, more medicines for more conditions? Yeah, I think so. I think what we'll probably see with this trial is there'll be uh, additional uh, diseases or, or conditions that come on board as options where pharmacists can prescribe, um, but we'll be doing that kind of you know, one after the other, not all at once. No, and so not. the reason for that, again, is just to make sure that monitoring's there and that oversight is there so that everything that's really obvious and really clear what's happening in case there are any issues. Um, so that, that will expand, I'm sure, with over time. So I think 
particularly conditions that are really time sensitive, will be probably at the top of the list for pharmacists to um, yeah be able to include in their scope of practice. That's terrific. Mm. So we're just going to switch gears a little. Uh, mm. I understand that we've got two uh, additional staff that are working uh, mm. in the trial, uh, that you, the aspect of the trial that UNE is coordinating. So what exactly is UNE's involvement and what are yourself and the other two researchers sort of doing in this trial? Yeah, so we're uh, implementing this the trial basically across rural and regional New South Wales. That is our job. So uh, I'm helping to oversee the rural and remote um, aspect and, and the stakeholder group that will be involved in providing feedback on the implementation process. And the two other staff here are research assistants. So they'll be doing a lot of that on the ground work, actually going out to pharmacies and visiting them. They'll be following up with patients and identifying how they went after they were given a medication or not, depending on what the circumstance is. Uh, And they'll also be involved in that, you know, data analysis and reporting as well, which is really fantastic for UNE. And I think really cements us as, um, you know, a a highly regarded regional university. And I think that's um, really fantastic to have that direct involvement. We're also working with um, UTS and um, the University of Newcastle who uh, are looking more around that metropolitan um, implementation um, of the trial. And yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what's happening. And and, um, my expectation is that there'll be um, a particularly high demand in rural and regional areas where we know that care can be uh, a little bit more limited and particularly where we've got long distances to travel or we might not have um, specialists in the area. This is a really great way of of getting some treatment for kind of simple common ailments um, without the cost and the time commitment that is usually or has been historically required in the past. I think it's definitely a cause for a lot of optimism, especially Mm. for people that are living in, uh, for some reason, the the areas of Ningen and Cobar just Mm. popped into my head, which is pretty much halfway between uh, us and Broken Hill. And for people that aren't aware, the... um, in between us and Broken Hill, there's a few little towns and not much else. Correct. And I, <laughs> and I was going to say, Ningen Pharmacy is actually one of the pharmacies at first 100 in the trial. And it makes Perfect. total sense, doesn't Completely. it, right? Because people have got to travel hundreds of Ks to get medical care there. And uh, it's great. And we know that you know pharmacies, in particularly in small towns where there is only one pharmacy, they're the centre for healthcare. And so it makes a lot of sense to have someone there who can actually help. And I shouldn't, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm certainly not saying that... Uh, people from capital cities or urban metropolitan areas won't benefit because, again, mm. even though they, they do generally have more more facilities available mm. just by the nature of the location, yes. it's still they're still going to be saving time and money by not having Absolutely. to go to a GP. So that's a win-win for everyone. Exactly. I mean, exactly. You, you look at the population that we're helping and it's a lot of women who are often in their childbearing years, years and, and, you know, them having to try and bundle all of their children into a car to get down to a pharmacy or a GP is really hard. And, you know, so if we can minimise that that time and that effort that's required, it's, it's a really great outcome. The, and, you know, I'm not entirely sure what the process would be, but, you know, potentially to avoid even that down the line, and you could do pharmacy telehealth prescriptions, Correct. for instance. That's um, my area, absolutely. And, again, <laughs> and I know that the pharmacy that I used to work at, again, we um, we had a lovely fellow that would do daily deliveries. We would yes. go and we would drop we would drop prescriptions off to people. So there's yeah. definitely there is definitely things there, and I think that you and E taking part in this is it certainly makes us it's good. It makes the university look te- terrific. It's great yes. for us to be involved in such a such a um, such a, a, a strong and long term project. Mm. It's going to mean, as I said before, a quite a busy eighteen months for you and mm. the other two 
researchers, but I feel like it's going to be a promising and rewarding 18 months as well. I think so. And I mean, that's the exciting part is it could well extend well beyond the 18 months, depending on the outcomes of the trial. So we'll be watching it closely. We'll be reporting everything back through UNE. So you'll be able to see it in all of the newsletters and, you know, on tune um, FM, which is great. So we'll make sure we let you know how things are going as soon as we can. Uh, And yeah, keep reminding people that, yeah, this will be an option, particularly from July going forward. So yeah, just reminding students and staff to know that, yeah, that's probably when we'll see it more so in Armidale and surrounds, but it's a, it's really exciting and great to be kind of at the forefront of. So no doubt uh, if you are a pharmacy student who is studying a unit that is taught by Anna Barwick, maybe be a little understanding if assessment results coming out a little oh, bit later than usual. I know, I wish, <laughs> I wish. I'm getting lots of emails. Yes, please treat me kindly. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> um, only one person after all. That's right. So I guess to wrap up, if anyone wants to learn more about this trial or UNE's participation, whereabouts can they head? Where can they find more? Yeah, absolutely. So UNE's now um, put out a number of, uh, inf- you know, lots of information about this. Um, you can also head to the University of Newcastle's um, website um, and they'll have some more information as well. But I'm here if I can help in any way. Um, feel free to come up and have a chat. I'm down in the pharmacy building uh, just attached to my climont and, yeah, love, would love to take any, um, yeah, questions or, you know, if there's any issues or anything anyone would suggest, very happy to take that on. But, um, yeah, the New South Wales Health site also does have a bit of an overview of the trial and the intention as well because they're, they're funding it. So, yeah, you can head there. That's fantastic. Uh, and I thank you so much for spending the time to have a bit of a chat. I hope that clears up uh, any questions a lot of people might have had. And I hope that I hope that people, especially people who are going to make use of this service, are getting a little bit excited because I think it's something that will be very, very helpful and it's terrific to see. Absolutely. And yes, please, if you do get involved, please consent to get your data collected because the more we have, the more evidence we have going forward, which is really um, important. Def- definitely. It's important yeah. and hopefully we can get it extended and exactly. expanded. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Anna. You have been listening to 106.9 Tune FM. We're going to jump back into some music right now. And if you do want to learn more about the trial, as Anna mentioned, she can be contacted on AUNGER2, which is A-U-N-G-E-R-2 at une.edu.au. And as more information does come to light about the results of this trial and any potential expansions, we'll definitely be broadcasting it to you across the airwaves as well. This is 106.9 Tune FM. You're listening to the home of UNE's student-powered radio.